It's the Muppod Show with our very special guests, us. That's right, guys. Um, it's the Muppod Show. Uh, I'm Joe. And I'm Ben. And uh, we are here talking about episode one of Muppets Now. Uh, Muppets Now is their new uh, Muppet show that's streaming on Disney Plus right now. How do you feel about a new Muppet show in general, Ben? Like, how do you feel about like Muppets Now even existing? Did you ever think we'd even? I mean, did you ever think we'd get a new Muppet show? I did. Um, I, I think you know, with with Disney Plus coming out and just so many things being greenlit for you know original series, um, I figured the Muppets had to be close. I don't believe they were in an announcement when Disney Plus dropped last year. Um, but I did have a feeling, you know, after they tried with the Muppets back in, in 2015, 2016 on ABC, like they tried that sort of scripted, like office style show. Uh, I figured there was something coming, but Muppets now it's exciting because it's more, it, it's a, it's a much closer like facsimile uh, of the original Muppet show. So it's, it's cool to see that they're trying the unscripted, kind of sketch comedy stuff uh, that they tried back in the in the 70s with the Muppet show that made them really popular, but kind of has been a little wonky over the years with like Muppets Tonight and then the Muppets show on ABC. Um, so I, I did think we were going to get Muppets again. Uh, and I'm kind of happy that it's that it's in this format. You brought up something interesting that, yeah, it's unscripted, it says, which I, I as I'm sitting there watching the episode, I got to be honest with you, I, I forgot about the unscripted thing and was confused by it at some point when I remembered it later on, because it's like, it doesn't feel unscripted to me, some of it, at least not what the Muppets are saying. I can see like some of the reactions that some of the people that we'll talk about were maybe kind of off the cuff. Maybe they didn't really know what to say in the moment, but it never felt unscripted to me, like in, I guess, when the Muppets were on screen. Well, I think it's unscripted in the way that like Saturday Night Live is unscripted. So sketches are written and, you know, the members of those sketches know what they're supposed to be doing. But like when you bring in guests and you're just sort of in the scene, sort of live, you know, quote unquote, um, I think that's sort of what the unscripted thing is, where you see people breaking character. And then obviously when you bring in other people, like in this episode, we had, you know, Tay Diggs and RuPaul and, and uh, Linda Cardellini and other guests who came in and sort of like switched up, I guess, what maybe the the original intent of the sketch was supposed to be. That makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Um, I want to talk to you about this intro real fast. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a weird premise because it's like a Zoom call. I mean, I understand that's, you know, of the times, but I, I f it seems so weirdly polished, like that that was the plan from the beginning. Like, yeah, even, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of the Muppets Bohemian Rhapsody video, um, which is like this massive video on YouTube from like 10 years ago or whenever it came out. But at the end, like they did this whole performance of Bohemian Rhapsody. And at the end, it just turned out to be like a group call with Kermit. And so that like that's the first thing that came to my mind when when the show started. And so like the official description says that the Muppets are about to launch their new digital series Muppets Now and Scooter is in charge of hitting the upload button. But then Kermit shows up and has all these notes and then he accidentally lets all the other Muppets know that the thing's about to be launched. And so they all come in with their different notes and uh, and, and suggestions and, and stop wait. And it is weird that it's like self-aware that it is a show and that it is a show that's coming out in 2020 on a purely digital platform. But, you know, I don't disagree that it, it was a weird place to start. But I mean, again, this is kind of where we last left the Muppets was in like an office environment where they were very clearly producing a television show. Granted, it was right. Miss Piggy's, it was Miss Piggy's late night TV show, but 
it was still the Muppets kind of acknowledging that they're performers and that they're putting on a show. And that's kind of what I feel like that's what the appeal for the for the Muppets for me has been for the for the longest time now, which is that they're self-aware. They're very they're actors. I, I love that. Yeah, I love the aspect of them, like be very clearly making their own material and like kind of watching the process through the eyes of Muppets. I think that's uh, I think it's a really interesting kind of take on the whole thing. Um, and I I appreciated that about my I, I appreciate that about Muppets now. I appreciate it about the Muppets, the 2015 reboot. Uh, you know, even the even the movies, the Muppet movie, uh, the 2011 one, that that self awareness, um, I think I think plays so well in the comedy of of things. They're able to crack jokes about themselves, or able to poke fun a little bit more about their format and their formula in a way that I think they're able to stay fresh with it. They're ca- they're not they're not characters. They're they're actors. Like they're playing themselves. Like that was one of the 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 opening scenes in the the 1979 Muppet movie um, was them in a theater about to watch themselves in the Muppet movie. Uh, you know, true, so like, yeah. the whole time they've been there, like Kermit the Frog is a guy and he like, he's not a character played by whoever he's, he's Kermit the Frog. And then he plays himself and then various other characters in, in these Muppet productions. So um, it, it is cool to see them kind of self-producing and stepping into the digital age and, and producing their own web show and, and, live streaming stuff on a purely digital platform. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't, I can't say that the, the response to Muppets now has been overwhelmingly positive because I think people maybe were expecting something a little bit wackier, uh, like the original Muppet show, but I, I, I do appreciate the willingness to try different stuff and to put the Muppets in the year that they're in and not try to do the same sort of gags you know that they were doing 40 50 years ago big time the evolution is uh is kind of astounding to watch and uh getting into the episode a little bit i know like i said we we do see the style of the zoom call and uh, i do want to point out the i want to point out some of the two of the files or three files that are um on the screen when you see kermit's screen you see uh banjo music is one of the files which i thought was kind of cool um, as well as uh, Scooter Screen, there's about fifty thousand different things on icons on his on his desktop. Uh, one of them I like that said Fozzie's jokes uh, in quotes do not read, and then uh, Kermit underscore inspiring speech underscore voiceover. I love that Scooter is like this massively disorganized guy, and I love to I love to to read all the little Easter eggs that were in the uh, in the they weren't I guess they weren't really Easter eggs, but they really did speak to the personalities of each. Muppet just with that one screen alone. There was a nod to Miss Piggy. I think there was a nod to Rolf. You know, that was that was a neat little thing. Yeah, I mean, Scooter's. You know, he's the guy. He's the, he's their manager, and so it, it it is appropriate that he is tasked with not only uploading and directing this show, but also trying to organize everybody's stuff. And you know, Gonzo comes onto the call and says that he has a a one man survival show where he survives by himself in the wilderness with a salad fork. Uh, and and I know, cannot says, tell you how much i want that show <laughs> i that i do hope that they be in the new season i do hope they include it or at least some variety of 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 like homage to it later because he you know he tells scooter that he hasn't filmed it yet and so like scooter bless his heart is having to deal with the muppets and and they're just like he's been dealing with these guys for 50 years as their manager yeah. and so he he should be aware at this point but but it clearly it's rubbing off on him because you yeah, know his his desktop was a mess his desktop was a mess, and he seemed to crack by the end of the episode. So. Oh yeah, no, he was he was going he was he was going crazy. He's so done. Yeah, 
Uh, moving on to segment one, we have, which I thought was a weird choice for for the very first thing we're going to see of this new show, which was lifestyle, uh, or lifestyle, I guess, with Miss Piggy. Um, this this interesting, how would you describe it? Like a like a like a like a fashion show, like a beauty kind of show. I yeah, guess she's basically like she's basically like a beauty guru from YouTube. She's uh, you know, like. She's talking about ways to better your life and and like different lifestyle uh, hacks to to help you relax and and feel more zen. And so she brings on Margaret the beautician, uh, who's a new Muppet, somebody we haven't seen before, who I um, loved. But you know, she she comes in and she does the the face slapping massage with Tay Diggs, um, and you know, ultimately really slaps the 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 days out of uh, out of Miss Piggy and and gets met with a, a fury of karate chops, but. Um, it was a. I, I don't disagree that it was a weird place to start. You know, we obviously the first voice we heard was Kermit, and so that was you know a strong way to really start the episode. But yeah. it, it does make sense that if we're premiering this new show, that Piggy gets first billing, uh, and so her her segment, as disjointed and misnamed as it may have been, you know she she got she got to be seen first. So I I, I don't uh, I don't think that was not part of her design and that was that was sort of uh what i ended up with as well which is like well she she's such a big muppet like she's such a main part of it that i can it made sense to me over time that like yeah it, it's she should get one of the opening segments it would have been cool to see a little bit more of them involved than just like miss piggy uh deadly is it deadly deadly yeah deadly deadly dragon yeah and um and this new and this new muppet um, and I thought Tay Diggs was actually really good too. <laughs> he well, I mean, he we interacted did, with the Muppets in a good way. So he did, and, and I, I've always wondered how hard that is for actors, you know, to to try to meet the eyeline of a puppet, um, you know, and 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 again, you're interacting with these very real, very human characters, but ultimately, you know, you're 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 having to. They're smaller than than normal people in in most cases. So I Tay Diggs and and RuPaul, I thought we'll get to that in a minute, but like. I yep. thought everybody, all the guests, did a really good job of of interacting with of interacting with the Muppets. I will say, like they they had the second segment of lifestyle where they brought on Rosie the sheep, um, yes, Janice, as well as Linda Cardellini to discuss fashion and and clothing. And it was really cool to see Janice kind of away from the Electric Mayhem, but she was still her just high as kind a of kite, hippie ish, yeah, yeah, talking about how clothes are. are you know, just a feeling and, and, you know, exactly. I, and I love the barnyard animals of the Muppets. I love the chickens. I love the sheep. So when I saw, when I saw the sheep, I was so happy. And then there was that, there's one shot. It's like kind of right towards the end where like everyone's looking at the camera and it, 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 it goes to her and the sheep's like totally facing the opposite direction, eating flowers. I, I thought that was mm -hmm. I, for some reason that cracked me up to no end. I, yeah, I just everybody, love it. Everybody left the call, but Rosie was still going strong. Exactly. She's still she's still on that call, probably chewing on that yeah. plastic plastic plants. I'm sure she can't disconnect. Do what? I said she can't disconnect. Oh, not at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like you said, Linda Cardellini. I, I think she did a good job too. I, um, I, I, everybody in this episode, yeah, was really strong in terms of like interacting with the Muppets. And you're right. Like it, it, it has to be hard in the sense that yeah, there's another guy like lean down like right there that's probably also looking at you. But the the set, I mean, it can't. It, it it's 
if my if my understanding is correct, I mean, I've gone to the puppetry center a couple times. I've been to the little set thing that they do, and everything is raised dramatically. Everything is raised by a couple feet to accommodate that puppeteer, mm -hmm. like uh, leaning down like that. So, I feel like that alone would be distracting as well. So, for Tay Diggs, Linda Cardellini, who um, I guess she did, she wasn't really in the set with the Muppets per se, but it's I think it probably would still be very difficult to. Mm -hmm. interact with them as she did i mean i think she did a great job i thought it was a really strong segment you know not having gotten to the other episodes in the series i have a feeling that we're going to see miss piggy in this segment again possibly more polished i think maybe we'll get closer to her vision um but also it's it's very likely that that we'll see things crash and burn in the way that they normally do Absolutely, the, the the chemistry between her and Deadly too, I think, is gonna is is kind of leading to that. I loved their chemistry. I think Deadly was actually a really good choice to kind of like hang out with Miss Piggy on this show, and uh, I'm a I'm I'm excited to see where that goes. I mean, I know we got another glimpse of them later on in the episode, but I, I loved it. I actually really loved the chemistry between them, and I hope to see more of that in the future. Yeah, and just a note, I I, I was surprised that Bobo the Bear wasn't there, or at least didn't wasn't there instead of Uncle Deadly because he. He did play like her like assistant in the last in the Muppets back in 2015. Um, yeah. So so if there was going to be somebody who was sort of like helping her run her channel, I would have thought it would be Bobo. Um, but Uncle Deadly is is sort of the perpetual assistant. So um, I'm I'm not terribly surprised that Deadly yeah. is there as well. So moving on to segment two, we have Muppet Masters, which is the first appearance of Walter um, outside of one of the movies, if I'm correct in that. Uh, it's a, it's basically Walter sort of like talking about the different hobbies of the Muppets, which is a really, uh, it's a different sort of segment. I really liked it. I thought it was kind of cool. I thought the choice of hobby to have Kermit being a photo bomber was a little bit strange. Like I thought, I just thought it was like a random, it, it felt very random and sort of like not, I, I don't think, I, I, I can't imagine Kermit doing that. So it felt just like kind of like a, like they threw a dart. And like, all right, Kermit is going to throw another dart, photobomb. Yeah, um, I also was a little sort of shocked by that because because Kermit is he's sort of pretty well put together. Like he he ultimately finds himself engaged in all of these hijinks, but he usually tries to keep things on track. He's not really an agent of chaos, and so for him to be this guy who just like is this master photobomber, it, it doesn't necessarily seem like Kermit's character. But and and you know. I think it, it, this isn't a bad time to sort of talk about it, but uh, there was one big change with Kermit that a lot of people have noticed as well, um, and that was um, his color. He's he's a different shade of green, um, but no, his his <laughs> voice um, is is different. This is the first appearance in the show or movie um, where Steve Whitmire or Jim Henson have not voiced Kermit the Frog outside of Muppet Babies and Matt Vogel. Uh, who's been a Muppeteer for a long time. Uh, he's voiced people like um, uh, Uncle Deadly uh, and, and various other Muppets like Big Bird and, and The Count and, and a handful of other Muppets across or over the years. But this is his first appearance uh, as Kermit the Frog since Steve Whitmire was sort of unceremoniously removed from, from the studios. Um, and I, I got to say, I, I hope he settles in, but it was it was pretty jarring, mostly because... You know, Steve Whitmire has been doing it since 1990 or 1992. Like he took over for right. Jim Henson after he died. And so, mm -hmm. or right before. Um, and so like for most of my childhood, for for the movies throughout the 90s, like Christmas Carol and Treasure Island and and, uh, 
and you know the Muppets and in 2011 and Most Wanted, like he was the voice. Right. Steve Wetmeyer was. So it, it was a little jarring to hear a different Kermit. I, I'm not saying he did a bad job, but it was different. And I and I kind of hope he settles into to a more classic Kermit style. You use the exact right word for me too, jarring. It's very strange to hear him. Uh, even when I saw the trailer, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, wow, that just it doesn't sound like Kermit to me. Yeah. Um, now, I've seen some people say that he actually sounds closer to Jim Henson than uh, the other guy did. But I have a hard time sort of associating that voice with Kermit still. Like, even when I hear if, if I'm not looking at the screen and I hear him talk, it takes me a second to realize it's Kermit that's talking. Yeah, it's no, that, I, it's that different. Yeah, I don't I don't like that comment about him being closer to Henson. That's actually pretty true. Like Henson had a, a deeper voice than Whitmire did. And so the the character and like the, the sort of quality of Kermit's voice between the two of them was different. Um, but for me, because I'm I'm younger and I didn't grow up with this, like I watched the Muppet show, but like my first introduction to the Muppets was, you know, those those movies in the 90s where Steve Whitmire was the voice and like he is my Kermit. Uh, obviously, going back and Jim Henson creating all of this, obviously he is Kermit. But the voice I, that I most associate with Kermit is is Steve Whitmire. So it was it was jarring, not in a bad way. I think again, Matt Vogel has his own style, and and the more that he does this, if he carries on and and is Kermit for the next 10, 20, 30 years, then obviously we'll we'll get used to it. But because it's the first time we've heard him in a major production as Kermit, it was just it was something that I noticed just off rip. And it was hard to to stop noticing. I, I agree. I I haven't gone back and like compared the two. I haven't listened to Jim Henson and then the new guy. But I do fall in line with you in that I grew up with with a certain Kermit voice. I grew up with with knowing that voice. I can I if I hear that voice now, I can tell you, oh, that's Kermit. And it, it it's it's it was kind of sad in a way, kind of melancholy to watch the Muppets now, like hearing that. But I do, I, I do wish nothing but the best. Uh, I, I wish that this guy settles into the role in a way that makes us all comfortable with it and can sort of improve on the on the Kermit voice. Not that I'm saying, you know, not that he's bad, but it, it was it was just different, and it's 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 tough to see those changes. And it, it's going to happen, I guess. But it it is those changes that, yeah, I mean, it's melancholy. I think in in a way to me personally, like you know, Matt Vogel. It's it's kind of appropriate that this is. Like I know his inter- introduction to the like to the Kermit role was on YouTube, um, but again, this is like the first major production where he's been Kermit the Frog, and it is kind of appropriate because the last time, the last sort of major movie that we watched was Muppets Most Wanted, and he played Constantine, uh, who was a uh, uh, imposter of Kermit the Frog. So I- I'm not saying that Matt Vogel is an imposter Kermit the Frog, but he is new to the role. He's settling in, and and some some might be some might feel as though. Uh, he has sort of stepped into a role that he maybe isn't built for. Right. But uh, it, so in that segment, though, I do want to point out something uh, also sort of like, I guess, sort of behind the scenes, really, not really, I guess not really behind the scenes, but did, how do you feel about the puppetry in general? Like how, how lifelike do you feel the Muppets are in this, in this iteration? I, uh, that was not anything that I noticed. Um, to be honest, it felt really natural. Like the, the scene where Walter was um, photobombing Miss Piggy um, was, you know, with him sneaking up and hiding in the bush and then ultimately getting thrown in the bush. Like that all felt like very classic Muppet to me. Like I didn't, you know, I never really noticed the puppetry 
um, like in the first Muppet movie where Kermit's riding his bike. Like that was the first time I was I've, I've ever been aware that he has legs, and that was obviously right. that was obviously for a lot of people the case. But otherwise, it's just like yeah, these these are puppets, and largely we don't see their bottom half. And so I didn't I didn't feel different. I don't know about you. That that actually the scene that you just referenced was the scene that I was I was thinking about it. What where's when Walter was about to photobomb Miss Piggy? Um, I thought the puppetry on Walter was so good. I like it, for some reason his his movements really made. I guess it was his facial expressions mix, mixed with the movements. But when he like stopped Kermit, like he put his arm out right in front of him, I just died like laughing because of how like it's, it, there was something about it that felt so natural and felt so uh, funny about it. And then yeah, him sneaking up and then him like in the bushes with Kermit trying to pull him out, it, uh, all that I thought was great. And um, it, it actually sort of made me notice the puppetry for the rest of the episode and sort of made me pay attention. And uh, I thought I think the puppetry this season is really good. Everything feels very lifelike. Everything feels very natural. And I know we're talking about like professionals in their job um, that, you know, the Muppets have, have always been good. But I thought this uh, this episode, at least so far, was excellent, was really well done. So, I mean, props to them as it's pro props to the guy who does Walter, too, because I felt that was very standout in the episode, just how good and funny, how comedic his, his movements were. Yeah, that's Peter Linz uh, is the the puppeteer behind Walter, and he's been Walter the entire time since 2011, since he was introduced in the Muppets. Um, but he's been again, he's he's been a Henson puppeteer for decades at this point. So he's been on Sesame Street. He voiced or he he uh, performed a couple characters in Bear in the Big Blue House. Uh, so so Peter Linz is a seasoned puppeteer for the Henson Company. So he is, um, I think he he knows. Like he sort of originated the role of Walter, you know. He he made Walter, so he uh, he knows his movements better than than anyone. He's the only person on earth who knows Walter's movements that well. Um, so I think yeah. he did a he did a really great job of of like I don't mind Walter. Uh, you know, obviously he started out as kind of a fanboy, and uh, and but you know he was accepted by the Muppets. Like that was the resolution of the film. So he's he's a Muppet now. Um, so yeah. for him to be in the movies and for him to be in uh like in represented in the parks and for him to be in this show and have like a feature like he's got a segment in this show like Walter's Muppet Masters like it's I think it's cool like I like Walter um I am happy that he wasn't whistling uh because I'm glad that he's able to do more um than just kind yeah. of the be the nervous wreck that he was in the original movie so or in the, the 2011 film so I like Walter I, I, I like this segment and I'm really excited to see who else has their talents showcased and i hope fozzy bear is one of those people oh yeah absolutely yeah no fozzy bear was very strange uh but i, I do want to say like i i felt I, I feel the same exact way about walter I, I i really like walter uh ever since his introduction into in the in the muppet kind of universe um even though even though yeah he started out as a fanboy i really like that aspect of him i really like watching someone on screen who's just as excited to be a muppet as most of them are um and he has really grown into his own, I feel, especially with this episode where he has kind of this segment that I think is a cool segment in general. It's just, it's not something I would have thought of for a Muppet segment of like showcasing their hidden talents and abilities and stuff. Yeah. I think that's a really neat idea and is, I think Walter's the perfect host for that. I guess being that fanboy, it makes sense that he wants to find out more about these people. So I love, I, I guess I should say, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see Walter 
uh, blossom even more into the Muppet role as he goes. And I will say, as a as a final note on that, just as an aside, uh, the the shot where Kermit is in the frame uh, at the very beginning of Muppet Masters reminded me of the song "Pictures in My Head" from the 2011 movie. Uh, which brings me to tears even today. So uh, I was, I, I was, I was about to say, it makes me cry every time. Yeah. <laughs> so I am. I, I did get that feeling immediately, but I was happy that it that it was a you know photobomy segment as opposed to a a ballad about his lost friends. I did think that was clever too, the photobomy thing. I, I, I as as weird as the talent was, I think it was done very well. I just think it should have been a different Muppet other than Kermit. Otherwise, I thought the whole segment was great. Yeah, and also if you put the if you put photobomy or photo bombing uh, in front of me, I would not read it as photography. So I don't know what Walter was seeing when he uh, maybe <laughs> I don't know. He can blame it on autocorrect, I guess. Uh, but but I, I don't know what Walter was seeing to get photography out of photo bombing. Uh, those are those are really different letters. Maybe he just didn't hear it because of Kermit's new voice. Maybe he was just like, I heard it wrong. Yeah, perhaps you know? he's like, no, I don't I don't answer to you, Vogel. Yeah. Uh, so, it was cool to see Sam the Eagle, by the way, in that segment. Um, him, I was just going to say that. I was standing perfectly still. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just being, just getting his portrait done like every wannabe president. Like he's just constantly getting just left in the, in the lurch uh, for his moment of glory. So I was, I was happy he to see so Sam and I hope he, and I hope he, he continues to, to show up in the show. But Joe, I'm hungry. Uh, we got to go to uh, Okie Dokie Kukin and we got to talk about your boy, the Swedish chef. Oh yeah. Swedish chef. He, this, this, this would have been my favorite uh, segment of the episode. Um, I do wish though that they had they focus a little bit more on the cooking aspect. I know that sounds weird because it's a Muppet show, but um, the Swedish Chef stuff, like it was, I, I don't, I don't necessarily want to see the Swedish Chef fail. You know what I mean? Well, I would love to have seen him like, per, like, like this, like terrible meal he's cooking up doing these like insane things and in the end it's like a perfect like like i think this time it was a caribbean type of dish like i would have loved to have seen like all these like terrible ingredients and then he makes something amazing out of it yeah he had to order his curry chicken uh but i yeah i I don't i'm not sure swedish chef has ever actually successfully cooked a dish like i feel like this he hasn't yeah i feel like this is just part of his his lore where you know instead of putting plantains he puts plants uh, instead of putting uh, plantains, he just smashes a bunch of bananas and and mixes it around in the dirt. Like that's just kind of what he does. Uh, I will say we got a new we got a new Muppet, uh, Beverly Plume, who is a, yes. a turkey hosting this show. Uh, and the Beverly Plume puppet actually has appeared before in a couple of Muppet features, but it was a, as a just a sort of nameless Christmas turkey in uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol and a Muppet Family Christmas, which is one of my favorite. Uh, Muppet features but so the puppet has been around the the puppet has had words but Beverly Plume uh, has escaped at the dinner table and is now the host of a wildly successful web uh, cooking show right so, talk about a glow up uh, we also Absolutely. had we also had Carlina Will uh, at cooking with Carlina who is an internet cooking superstar who I mean just mopped the floor with the Swedish chef uh, and cooking this curry chicken with with plantains her dish looked incredible uh, the Swedish chefs, not so much, but, uh, it was, it was really cool to see the Swedish chef back. He brought on the chicken. Uh, he, you know, he was massaging the chicken, trying to get it ready for, for the imminent doom, uh, before Beverly Plume alerted the chicken to its, to its possible demise. That um, cracked me up though. Yeah. But <laughs> I, massaging I, I, the chicken. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was, I was just, 
like Swedish Chef is just one of those characters that just like no matter what he's he's always just up to something. Uh, and like the thing that's all like he's got the human hands, and so that like tactile like him playing with the food and him like really just screwing everything up. It it just means a lot more when like when you can see him just screwing everything up before yeah. Uber, you know, before ordering Uber Eats and not tipping the some random, driver. Some random delivery. Yeah, the not the no tipping was so funny. Um uh, I, I thought um what was what was the chef's name? I I completely have it on my notes right here. Carlina Will. I, I'm Carlina. not familiar with her. I thought she was excellent though with Beverly Plume. I thought like they're, they seem like they were friends for like years. Like I, she, another person who did a great job with uh, interacting with the Muppets in such a natural way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a couple things that I did notice about it was uh, when the Swedish Chef throws cherries down, it shows um, the 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 subtitle, I guess, of fruity balls. Mm-hmm. That's what he called them. And then when there was a pineapple in the pot, it was do spiky fruit, <laughs> which I thought was I awesome. I think that's an actual translation. That's just what this was. What it is in Swedish, so it's it's possible. It's possible. Where it's ba- this is Rosetta Stone, as well as as the Muppets. We should be thanking them. We should. We're learning how to cook. We're learning different languages, uh, social skills. Um, you know, but uh, ultimately, I think the segment was really good. It was, it was. It's it's a segment that I I would have expected though. Like Muppet Masters, I didn't expect at all. I didn't expect like that kind of. I didn't expect Walter to be doing a, a show about hidden talents, um, while the Swedish Chef cooking show seemed like a natural thing. Like I, I if you'd have asked me like to come up with different segments for the Muppet, uh, the new Muppets Now show, a Swedish Chef cooking show would have probably been one of the first on the list. So yeah, we I, we did get some heavy hitters in the first episode. Uh, we got a piggy yeah. run segment we got a kermit run segment and we got a swedish chef swedish chef run segment so you know there were some smaller like moments with some huge muppets like gonzo had a couple of appearances and fozzy had an appearance but they they weren't featured just yet um so i'm hoping that in these next episodes we get more more gonzo more swedish chef and then obviously or uh, more fozzy bear uh and then for me uh more electric mayhem yeah, I was I was a little bit surprised to not see like Doctor Teeth and all them show up too. Um, I know they're not they're not like the 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 biggest of heavy hitters, but they are heavy hitters in the Muppet world. I feel like yeah, um, yeah, especially especially Animal. But I so one of the other things that I do want to point out, just that I thought was just a little bit funny, was the Swedish flag on on the back of his phone. It looked like it was just tape. Like it looked like it was it was just an iPhone that had just some tape in the the pattern of the the Swedish flag. But I, I did notice that as well as he was dialing Uber Eats to get his his winning dish. Which ultimately, like I'm, I will say that when it showed up, I don't know where he ordered it from, what Los Angeles restaurant. Um, but it didn't look good even before he added the the dirt cover. No, it looked rough. Like it, it, yeah, it was yeah. just weird. Like Carlina's dish was this like really well put together curry chicken with rice and beans, and then she had the the mango and the plantains and the pineapple and then whatever came out of that box before the Swedish chef threw everything onto it, it didn't look great. So Carlina was destined to win regardless and Swedish chef needs to update his Uber Eats app. Absolutely. Uh, in terms of that Swedish flag, I think that might be the real puppeteer's phone because think about this. If you're the Swedish chef, if you're the puppeteer for the Swedish chef, do you not own it in every aspect of your life? <laughs> So 
that's a good point. Uh, Bill Beretta is the the puppeteer behind the Swedish Chef, and he's been he's he's been the the body behind the Swedish Chef since like the mid nineties. Uh, he does Rolf. Uh, he does Doctor Teeth. Uh, Bobo and a number of other Muppets. So he's he's like he's in there. He's some big time Muppets. But yeah, no, you're I'm, you're not wrong. Like if I'm if I've been the Swedish Chef for twenty years, I've probably got a, a tattoo of the flag of Sweden somewhere on my oh, body. I, and I've I'm I, literally I, applying for citizenship Sweden. in Sweden. If that's the case, he already speaks the language. Yeah, so there he goes. He's already halfway there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, yeah. Ultimately, I liked the segment. It was really good. It was it was what I expected it to be. I guess um, I still I know I know the Swedish chef's thing is that he doesn't make good food. But I, for some reason, I really wish that would have been like a little twist was that he just constantly beats these chefs, like whoever comes in. I yeah, think I think like- I think more so to watch the chef's reaction than the Swedish chef's reaction. But I I, I still enjoyed it. I still really liked it. Yeah, if this if we continue to see Muppets now and, and we continue to see Okie Doki cooking as a, a regular segment, I really hope he steps it up and brings like real chef like Gordon Ramsay and I want Morimoto and I need Guy Fieri and like I need like chefs for the Swedish chef to just house in whatever competition they're they're in. But unfortunately I, I doubt he'll ever get a meal to the table. I I cannot tell you how much I'd love to see like Gordon Ramsay on that. I think that's that's such a great idea of Gordon Ramsay and the Swedish chef together. Uh, but so then we had the interlude that uh, we already talked about this a little bit. There was a small interlude of Gonzo showing up on the Zoom call with Scooter, who was talking about the uh, survival show that I really, really wish. Even if he, even if they got Bear Grylls to do a, a segment with Gonzo surviving in the wild, and them like maybe there's like Muppet like things in nature that they in, they interact with. You know what I mean? I think something like that would be a home run for them for Muppets. Now I would love to see a Gonzo survival segment. Yeah. I'm, I'm just happy that we saw Gonzo and got to hear Dave goals because he's, he's been Gonzo. He is Gonzo. This is, he's one of the few Muppeteers and Gonzo is one of the few characters who hasn't had a, a turnover in, in the voice. And so like that might be jarring when we get a new Gonzo. Um, but it was cool to see Gonzo. Uh, and it was, it was great to hear, uh, Gonzo's voice, but yeah, I need Gonzo in the wild with a salad fork, even if it's just like somewhere in LA, wherever Gonzo is, like in his neighborhood in Beverly Hills, just like surviving in his backyard. I, I need Gonzo with an iPhone on selfie mode, like telling us how he's surviving while probably, you know, there was a controversy with with the survival shows that they were like just getting power bars and Gatorades and stuff from their cameramen. Like even if Gonzo right. is getting McDonald's and In and Out from his his you know, neighbors or uh, his girlfriend, you know, I-, I need Gonzo and I need him in a tent trying to survive wherever it is. Big time, big time. So then after this interlude, we get the uh, final segment of the show. Uh, well, the final, yeah, the final little segment, I guess, is the Mup Close and Personal. Um, now, this was the Kermit led interview show that deals with. Um, his words were like like uh, famous entrepreneurs, which I think is a cool set. I, I think is a cool thing to be with Kermit because Kermit himself is an entrepreneur, I guess. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I think that was kind of a, a good direction to take, and that makes me interested for what guests we might see in the future, um, in terms of up close and personal. So uh, we have RuPaul on the, on the segment, who uh, I know you almost said it a little bit ago. RuPaul was amazing with these Muppets. 
I really enjoyed that. This was my favorite segment easily because of how well RuPaul interacted with all the Muppets and how uh, natural it seemed to be. Uh, the, 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 the eye contact was there. Uh, you know, he seemed to genuinely enjoy every single time a Muppet came up when Miss Piggy came up, they're laughing and they're joking and stuff like that. When, um, uh, when Howard came, was it was Howard or was a Harold Howard, Howard, Howard. Coming. Thank you. Uh, when Howard came up, I, how the, the meeting between Howard and RuPaul was probably my favorite part of the episode. It was so funny. It was so nice. It was so well done. Um, and they, in the, the chemistry was so good between, uh, Kermit, uh, and RuPaul and Howard that I, 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 I need, I wanted this. I wanted the whole segment to be those three people talking. No, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I also really liked him up close and personal. It was basically like inside the actor's studio where Kermit is James Lipton, but you know, again, he's just constantly getting undermined by his, his, his fellow Muppets. And you know, you're not like when, 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 like just from the jump, RuPaul was just so nice <laughs> to Kermit. Uh, and he was, he was answering his questions, you know, like the, the really like cheesy when you're doing an interview and he's just like, you you do this and this and this. How do you find the time? Like just that opening, like icebreaker, like Kermit, a, a pretty good interviewer. Um, but RuPaul was a really, like, it was not, if you gave me 10, 15, 25, however many choices of people that I would have liked to have seen be interviewed by Kermit the Frog, I can't say RuPaul is, is towards the top of any of my lists, but now he is, um, because yeah. I think he did, he did a really great job. And I, I, I agree, Howard Tubman coming out and basically running the interview as the, the RuPaul super fan um, was hysterical with you know and just like bogarting these questions and uh these really like personal questions about rupaul like how he got his name and how many sisters he has and where he was born um for howard to to sort of jump and and ultimately have to sashay away i had to pause the episode when he said san diego and kermit asked where he was born and he just turned san diego i i had to pause because i was laughing so hard at that it was so good i will say that i i got we got gonzo again um I'm just partial to Gonzo just because of just you never know what's going to happen when Gonzo steps onto the screen. Uh, so for him to just ask these like sort of leading questions and then ultimately get to uh, how do you feel about or how would you feel if you were uh, sitting on a trap door over a pit of crocodiles while just sort of slowly glancing to the ground um, was I, I, I need more Gonzo. I need more Gonzo making people uncomfortable. Gonzo is basically Dr. Evil at this point. Um, yeah. but I, I, I need, like, I, I'm really pleased with the, the direction that this segment went because we got Fozzie and we got Piggy and we got Gonzo and we got Howard, who's not a heavy Muppet hitter by any means, but he played a really good part in this episode and, and provided some, uh, I don't like, I don't want to say levity because it's the Muppets. Like there wasn't a whole lot of seriousness happening, but I just enjoyed that segment up close and personal and I, and I hope we get some some better guests uh, not better guests but i hope we get quality guests moving forward uh to, to rival rupaul who's really incredible yeah i think i think i think rupaul set the bar high like real high for these guests um i mean i i i i, I like to think that the people who are running the muppets are are with it enough to know who would be a good interview and who would not. I'm, I'm sure they're like looking at footage and they're like, you know, how would this person react? How would this person react? So I, I like to think that I, I that we're going to see that sort of level that we've had with RuPaul, uh, with Tay Diggs, you know, with, with all these people. 
I mean, yeah, and you're, and you're right. It was cool to see, even though Howard is not a heavy hitter with the with the Muppets necessarily. Um, I thought he brought the biggest laugh of the of the, of the segment, which I thought sp- spoke volumes about it. Like any, it, it's amazing to me that any Muppet can show up on screen, and one, you just don't know what's going to happen. Like you have no idea which way the, the direction of any segment's going to go. But just the most obscure Muppet possible. Not, I mean, I'm not saying Howard's completely obscure, but it's like it, it, anybody can show up and provide the biggest laugh of the episode, which I, I feel um, is difficult to do with ones that you haven't spent a whole lot of time with. And that speaks a lot to the writing of the Muppets, where they know they know their they know their Muppets well enough. Even though if we don't, they know their Muppets well enough to know what's going to work and what's not. And I, and that's I, I will say that that also speaks to Bill Beretta, who's the performer behind uh, Howard, as well as the Swedish Chef, as well as people like Rolf and uh, Pepe the Prawn. Like he's 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 been around since the mid '90s, and he's um, he's such a just like such a strong Muppet Muppeteer, um, and he he knows how to perform with these characters, and so his performance is. I think it's a, it's a credit to him, but also the writing and and just again RuPaul kind of being so amenable to being interrupted and and being willing to play along. He was so nice with the interruptions and uh, you know answering these questions that I'm sure he's answered a million times. Um, and you know having a super fan, I'm sure um, is is probably not a bad thing, even if they do show up unannounced and and crash an interview. Absolutely, and I, I thought I thought that RuPaul handled the uh, Gonzo stuff really well too. Um, with like uh, the the standout and the one that made me think of this was when he asked about the spiders crawling in the mouth. Like, yeah. I thought RuPaul thought about it for a second. It was like I don't know how to answer, that, and then came up with something that was really really funny. And um, that's that's the moment I sort of point to in that it's hard for me to feel like the show is scripted because of how well that question was handled. And that speaks uh, to the guest thing that we're talking about, which was, that was a great moment for a, a, a guest that just knocked it out of the park, I thought, in that first episode. I mean, maybe RuPaul's answered that question before. We don't know. I mean, it was a good answer. Like, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be oh, like she's been interviewed by Gonzo before. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. It's possible on maybe like, I, I wonder if like, this brings to mind a, a hypothetical. If a Muppet could have a podcast, which which Muppet would you um, would you want to have a podcast with, mm, or would that say, you want a podcast to be made? I would say Sam the Eagle, but I feel like he's going to get some takes off that uh, that might get him canceled. So I, uh, yeah. I, I again, I, it might have to be Fozzie just 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 rapping about just life or Rolf. Like Rolf is just he's so easygoing. That uh, just just hearing Rolf just sort of wax poetic about whatever topic uh, just comes to his head would be that would be something I could get down with. See, I could see like um, I could see like a Fozzie like comedian interview type show, um, or perhaps yeah, like like a Rolf thing. Um, if I saw Sam the Eagle in a podcast I, I i think it would go more in the direction of like a prairie home companion where it's like essays about like the heartland and stuff you know uh but you know uh, personally i think the fozzy one I, I think fozzy interviewing comedians would be incredible just incredible we but 
I hope so. I would love to see the Muppets go into a podcast format. So, uh, at the very end, the the very last segment that we see um, before the before you know the uh, this the episode ends is Scooter sort of uh, talking with Kermit. Kermit's congratulating him on the 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 excellent uploading and stuff or whatever. And then he's like, "Oh, I have some notes," and then just starts reading like crazy these different notes. Mm-hmm. And to watch Scooter, Scooter's reaction was really funny. I thought with the with the chair going down, and then they them having that weird, awkward conversation about his chair being broken, and then sort of going towards the camera and then sneaking away very slowly. Another moment that I thought the puppetry was really good. I thought it just, I thought it just complemented the whole scene very well in how smooth uh, Scooter's movements were in that whole thing. Yeah, just watching him slink out of frame as Kermit's giving him all of these production notes. Uh, and then ultimately just talking to himself for a little while was I, uh, I, I, I like again, Scooter for being just as just generally frazzled as he's been in, in most of his career as the Muppet manager um, to see him just know that he had to get out of there and he was just over it. He's taking an early day off um, after yeah. having uploaded those segments. Like it was, I, it was, you're right. It was funny to see him. It was smooth. Like, you know, it wasn't wasn't noticeable um, to watch him sort of take the bow. And right. Get out of there. There's that fake puppet walking that you can see in a lot of things. And I, that's what I appreciated that it wasn't like that. It wasn't like Scooter like hopping sort of slowly towards the camera. It was a very smooth motion. Mm-hmm. And then that disappeared, just that that pan out of frame. But um, yeah, so I mean, that's 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 the first episode of Muppets Now, and uh, I mean, so overall, I guess I, we talked about it a little bit in the beginning, but I guess overall, kind of, how did you feel about the whole the, the episode? Uh, I'd give it a solid seven. Um, there were, you know, I'm happy. Like, I'm I'm always happy to view Muppet content. Like, that's 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 uh, you know, wh- whether it's a YouTube video or a bad movie or uh, a less than great television show, whatever it is, like I'm willing, I'm, I'm willing to go on this journey with them. Um, so I, did I think it was perfect? No, of course not. Uh, did I think it was awful? No, of course not. Like it was like the, the segments that they had were really well executed. Um, and I hope that the next few episodes try some new segments and maybe bring back some of these other segments. Like I hope okie dokie cooking becomes a, a sort of staple thing. Um, but you know, I'd give it a, I'd give it a seven. Um, and I, and I hope that, um, then the next episodes in this, in ultimately what is a six episode first season that I hope gets greenlit for another. Um, I hope that the next few episodes blow this one out of the water. I, I do mostly agree with you and all that. Uh, I, I think I would I, I would go a little bit lower. I would go with a six, I think, instead out of ten. And the only reason I say that is because of the lack of some of the bigger players that I, I, I even though we saw them, I wanted to see more. I wanted to see a little more Fazio. I wanted to see a little more Gonzo. But um, I think that might that might work in its favor as we're getting these new Muppets introduced. I think that might pay off later. But uh, seeing the Muppets. Uh, after what feels like so long, I mean, I guess it wasn't that long, but it was long enough that I, I missed them profusely, and I really wanted to see the people that I was familiar with a little bit more. But uh, I really hope the new Muppets do a, a, a serviceable job to the whole Muppet uh, universe and kind of find their niche a little bit more um, as we go. But I, I, I enjoyed it as well. I, I, I it wasn't my favorite uh, Muppet thing ever. But it was 
good enough to make me obviously keep watching and good enough to uh yeah like you said like warrant another season i really hope that they do pull in a second season uh i would have liked more music in it uh the muppet it's such a big part of the muppets is the music mm-hmm. and to see uh a, a, a real lack of it i mean i don't know if we saw almost any music in it i mean other than like sock you know background music uh, background noise and stuff but uh i i i i'm really 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 hoping over the next couple episodes we see a couple muppet songs because th- yeah things like dr teeth things like you know kermit playing the banjo that stuff is very sorely missing for me right now oh yeah hopefully we get we get more of that but there's there's five more episodes and um you know and hopefully we'll we'll see a green light for a new season and you know originally the the show was was supposed to be um like 18 episodes that were like 10 minutes a piece with like these different segments just kind of individual um but because of of the the pandemic that we cur- that we currently find ourselves in uh we are we we did go to this sort of it's still it's still 3 hours of content but instead of 18 episodes 10 minutes a piece it's 6 episodes 30 minutes a piece so um I hope maybe that that as we get maybe further away from the pandemic, you know, next year that they can start sort of cranking out these these 10 minute, 15 minute episodes uh, weekly. And we don't have to wait for a full season to be done and they can kind of do it as they go. You know, now that you say that actually 10 minute segments, I feel like would work really well. Yeah, I mean, essentially, it's 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 one of those segments just released at a time. Um, now I did, I was happy to watch 30 minutes ish of, of Muppets, but, um, to get more, uh, and, and especially if, you know, they're able to, to crank one of those out a week, um, and when they get back to regular production, like that would be a, a consistent dose of, of this, of, of this show and this content. And hopefully that the more they do it, they can kind of find their lane and, and get to, uh, and get to you know, something that's that's closer to the Muppet show, which is ultimately what I think a lot of people have been hoping for. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, but I, I just I don't know. I, I, I really hope we see a new season, but I, I'm. I, I'm just I, I am legitimately a little bit worried about about it. Uh, I, I'm I, like you said, the reaction has been not as great as I would have expected. If, if I had just watched the episode and then I saw the reaction, um, I would have been surprised because I think it's better than it's being sort of made out to be. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely got some flaws that that I I I, I hope will be. I, I assume they'll be addressed, but I really hope they are. So I mean, that's that's it. I mean, that's that's it for Muppets now. Uh, you know, we we've kind of said everything that we need to say in terms of episode one. We've actually talked longer than the episode lasts by <laughs> over that's twice as much. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like that's, I feel like it's a pretty good dissection of the first episode. There's not much, there's not too much to work with right out of the gate, but I feel like as we get more into it, we'll have more to play off of in the arc, I guess, of the whole thing of the whole uh, season. And, um, you know, once we get done with Muppets now, I believe we're making our way into the regular Muppet show, or we might be doing salmon friends. I'm not really sure yet what the plan is there. Um, we are sort of un- unsure of how to handle certain things like such as like season four and five not being available on dvd or anything they never released them 
certain things are going to be kind of hard to watch and hard to cover because we just it's going to be it's going to be hard to find. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, we we've we've set up a couple things. If you if, if you have any ideas on where to find this stuff, um, you know, please feel free to reach out to us. We're at muppodshow at gmail.com. M U P P O D uh, at gmail.com. I'm sorry. M U P P O D S H O W at gmail.com. And uh, we have a Twitter account as well, too. Is that right, Ben? Uh, yeah, it's at muppodshow, same spelling. Um, feel free to uh, send us any, any again, any of those sort of pieces of media if you have them. Um, also, any any uh, notes on on this format? We ran long. Uh, we don't plan to go this long uh, for all of our episodes. If you listen to our intro episodes um, or our intro episode that we released, we are um, going to plan on doing all of the feature films um, as as much of the Muppet Show as we're able to, and then you know, different features and different, you know, direct to video things, as well as other parts of the Henson verse. Um, so we're, we're going to try to bring this once a week. And uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter, follow us on well, that's just it. That's all. We, that's all we have is just the Twitter. Um, so send, far, us anything, so send us anything through the through the email. Um, and we will uh, oh, rate us five stars, please on wherever you're listening to this podcast on Apple iTunes, absolutely. And, uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and SoundCloud, wherever we're at. Um, that way we can we can see what we're doing. Rate us not five stars if you don't feel that we we deserve five stars, but please let us know. Um, I was going to say hopefully we can tighten this up, and we don't plan to go an hour for for a, a twenty five minute television episode. Correct. Uh, and also reach out to us and uh, join the conversation with us. I'd like to hear people's opinions about Muppets now and um, uh, just Muppets in general. I'd love to talk Muppets with these people. Um, yeah, let's talk Muppets. Yeah, I, I I don't get to talk about this stuff with anybody but you, Ben, so far. So I'd like more people to to jump in with us and sort of uh, talk about this stuff with. But I, I you know, I, I find this really enjoyable. I find this show fun so far. And uh, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. All right. Well, I think that pretty much covers it. Um, so I guess I hope you'll join us next time for episode two. We'll be talking about the Muppets now. See, uh, episode two, season one. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And um, hope to see you again soon. I promise it won't be an hour. Bye, everyone.